Posada, slow roller right side. Beckett picks it up, tags Posada, and the Florida Marlins are world champions. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Hurt again. Oh, yeah. That sounds just very appropriate for this West Coast trip. Welcome, everybody, to episode number eight of the Battered Marlins Fans Podcast. I am one of your Battered fans, Daniel Granada, alongside me. We got three other Battered fans. And before I introduce my guys, and before we get into this great episode, where we get to talk about all the fun stuff we've seen this week, or actually we haven't seen because it's a late start all week long. Uh, I just want to go real quick over what I'm wearing. I am wearing our Saturday usual this week, our Sugar Kings hat, Miami Marlins crown. Uh, I really wanted to wear my Baby Bombers minor league hat, which is my favorite minor league hat, but I couldn't find it today, so maybe next week. How are you doing, Callie? I'm doing great, man. Uh, sorry if I sound a little strange. I'm kind of fighting a cold with, for my life right now. Um, today, I am rocking a Hickory Crawdads hat. Um, I'm not sure who they're affiliated for these days, but when I was when I was living in, in North Carolina, they're an affiliate for the Rangers. Uh, went, went to school in the same town they're in, so I used to go to their ball games all the time. This is from probably around 2010 ish, 2011. I'm not really sure. Um, so yeah, it's uh, you know, so shout out to Hickory, North Carolina. Shout out and to they my are still group. affiliated with the Texas Rangers. Look at that, baby. Great things never change. Really cool stadium. We got to practice there sometimes. We got that we played a few games there. Um, it was really cool on for weekday games. If you showed up with your student ID, you got in for a dollar, and they never carded for beer. So that was, you know, that was the one. That was a Wednesday night shit show, if you would. I have a question for you, Cali. Maybe you have some uh, ideas since you were in that more or less that vicinity while you were in school. I've been seeing a lot of stuff about the Savannah Bananas. What the hell is this? Oh, Savannah hell yeah. Bananas? Yeah. <laughs> so break down the Savannah Bananas for me. So the Savannah Bananas actually started out as a collegiate summer league team. Um, you know, it, the the guy who started it all, like, it, you know, college, so for those of you that don't know, maybe, maybe you don't follow the college baseball so closely. So everyone, mm -hmm. yes. Me. You do not. Oh, okay. I do um, sorry, I'm a teacher, so when I see a hand raised, my, my <laughs> goes, to that, goes to that. Uh, You're in summer, bro. Come on, summer mode. Freshly, freshly in summer. It's, it, I see a hand go up in public. I'm like, yeah, yeah, can I help you? You have a question? Can mm -hmm. I finish my point? Um, so, uh, so for those of you that aren't familiar, so college baseball, you'll play your regular season. It's usually in the spring. You play about, you know, 55 games and playoffs and stuff. So then when the baseball and school year end, you have summer leagues. So players get contracted to – you know, wherever. So uh, usually fairly close to wherever you go to school. So there's, and there's leagues all over the place. There's like a Florida state league. There's uh, the, you know, coastal plains league, the great plains league. Uh, there's Cape Cod is a big famous one. That's like all the elite division one players that are like high draft prospects. That's where they go. So they play the first summer. They usually stay with the host family, um, you know, stuff like that. So that's what the Savannah bananas started as. All right, they were just uh, they they would bring some guys in and but they played a more fun brand of baseball. There was no bunting, there was no like strategy. It was just like they, the owner was con committed to like providing good a good atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially a place like Savannah doesn't have any professional baseball, doesn't have a minor league team or anything like that. You know, and they they saw attendance go really well. Tickets were super affordable, concessions were cheap, and and they had fun uniforms, fun mascots, and all that stuff. So that happened for a few years, and then the owner decided, like, man, I, I think I got something here, and I can do something year-round. So what he'd do is he'd get a bunch of 
you know, guys that just got done playing, you know, be a college professional baseball. And they started playing in Savannah. And they, at first, it was just like a fun league. It was kind of like a Harlem Globetrotters thing, which is very much kind of the mold that it is. Um, and uh, yeah, it kind of started as a fun thing. But then they, they started uh, implementing like the banana ball rules. Uh, and there's nine of them, but a, a couple of them are like, uh, you cannot bunt. If you bunt, you're out. You know, if a hitter gets in the box, they have to stay in the box. Um, if a, if you hit a foul ball and a fan catches it, you're out, you know? Um, oh. yeah. And then there's like, there's a two, hard two hour time limit, no matter what. Um, and then what, what what's another one? Okay. The so, walk rule is really cool. Yeah. So what you do is when you get walked, you, you have to sprint and basically whichever base you get to, by the time the infield gets done throwing around, that's where you're at. And then you can steal first base. So let's say if it's a 1-0 count, wild pitch gets past the catcher, you can run to first. And if you get to first, you're safe. But if you get thrown out, you're out. Um, and then what they do is uh, instead of it being like nine innings, like, oh, and the game finishes 10-7, to 7, like, okay, that, that's the, the score. So what it is is whoever wins the inning gets a point. So let's say I'm the Savannah Bananas and then they're, they're, the opposition are always the party animals. Mm-hmm. So – the Savannah Bananas score four. The party animals score one. Okay, that's the end of the first inning. Savannah Bananas have one. Party animals have zero. Mm. Yeah. So, and now through, throughout that, now it's just become pure entertainment value. So you have guys doing crazy things in the field. Like so, like you have one guy that wears like a space helmet all the time. Some guys don't play with a shirt on. The bases are yellow. The bats are yellow. The balls are yellow. There's always dancing. They have a, they have a, like, a, like team dances. Like, you know, like the Marlins have the mermaids. Yeah. So the Savannah Bananas version of that are the Nanas, and it's a bunch of old ladies that just go out there and do dances. Okay. Yeah, they have people playing on stilts. It is absolutely wild. They're like all over. Yeah, they're all over YouTube and stuff. So well, yeah, I I saw they had over the weekend they had a ping pong table in between center field and and left field, and the guys were playing ping pong in between outs, and then the the left fielder just drops his paddle, runs out, and catches the ball in the in foul territory for an out. It's yeah, and wild. And they're just Shane in, Victorino was just yes. there. Yeah, they had, a, they, had a, they had a thing in Vegas and a flying Hawaiian. Former Red Sox and Philly Shane Victorino, he uh he showed up and uh and yeah, man. So it's really cool. Like it's almost impossible to get tickets. They sell out super quick and they they were wow. like yeah, down in Florida, like they they went to Tampa for like three days and the tickets sold out within like an hour of the tickets being available. Yeah, I saw a video of like three of them were pitching at the same time. Yeah, and then like the, the umpire's in on it too. So what? Yeah, I saw he started booty dancing after he <laughs> yeah. called the strike. I was like, "What the hell am I watching?" Yeah, it, it's awesome. Like they're they're all over YouTube, all over social media. Like I, I'd I'd strongly recommend like giving them a look. Um, and if you ever find yourself in a position that you, you're able to go, I, I strongly recommend it because that that looks yeah. like a that looks like a show, man. The yeah, season ticket wait that. list is like forever long. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's no yeah. yeah they are sold out for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, for, especially for games in Savannah. Yeah, like yep. it's impossible to get to. Like you're you're literally like on a four or five year wait list right now. Like yeah. it's wow. It's, like, it's yeah. like it's like getting tickets to the Packers. It's like yeah, somebody has to die basically. Yeah, <laughs> and then someone offered the owner like fifteen million dollars for the Savannah. Like they said, like basically, like oh, like kind of corporatize it. Like you can still run it, but we want to like use it, like whatever for corporate event. And the guy said, no, I will never sell this. There's not enough money in the world for me to sell this. That's so, awesome. Yeah. All right, uh, with that, Spazzy, what's going on, man? How you doing? Not well, not well. <laughs> I, don't, I don't blame you. 
I think it was episode two that Branton wore his Loria hat and we uh, shamed him. bullied me. Not we, you. Such yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an asshole. I, I do it from a place of love. Uh, but I had to I had to go deep into the closet and find my uh find my Loria jersey. The Because that's how I feel. I feel like this is where we're at, man. But it's just this week and I feel very sad. But I did find this. Uh Jose Zeros, yes. I love it. So that, when I first got right there tickets, that section was called uh, Jose's Heroes. And every time he'd pitch, or, or no, it was once a month, uh, you'd have to go and you'd get like a new shirt. So I had a bunch of them. I don't really fit into a lot of them anymore because that was a few years ago. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, when we're in this little heat today, and I couldn't find, I don't have a Loria hat, Ooh. but I Ooh, love have, a good rope hat. Love yeah, a oh, rope hat. The captain's hat. The captain's hat, yeah. Marlin's yeah. hat. So I got this on today. Oh man, I got stuff on oh, my man. game. You guys are putting me to shame. I'm just wearing the basic ass shit that they're rocking every Saturday. Too much money on these assholes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brent. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm, I guess I'm hanging in there. You know, glad to be talking with you guys, get to talk some fish and kind of vent some frustrations. But, you know, it's been a rough week and, you know, it gets rougher today. You'll notice I'm not wearing a Florida Marlins affiliated hat. (sighs) For those of you who don't know, I'm a Coug, a Washington State Coug. And I had a friendly bet with one of my classmates that we were going to sweep the Giants. Oh, no. And I lost. And he, part (laughs) of the thing was I had to wear... I had to uh, wear my cougar hat today, and part of that was because I lost. The other part was because we actually had a coug make his his major league debut against the Marlins. Ryan Walker in the Giants series made his debut at 27, so, you know, hot young prospect. He's going places. Get his jersey (laughs) now. Ryan Walker? Yeah, Ryan Walker. He earned the win. He earned the win on, uh, on Sunday, yeah. No one has, but he's <laughs> he's a deep yeah. track. But he's got a beard, man. You should check him out. We were talking about beards earlier. He's got a good one. But yeah, well, you're in they, the win uh, against us. So you know, anytime a Coug makes their debut, I have to have to represent because there's not many of them there. <laughs> they they had a bat that I don't know if he made his debut against the Marlins this past weekend, but he got his oh, first yeah. hit against the Marlins, and then the next day he got his first home run against the Marlins. And I was like, well, damn, what the hell's going on here? I don't remember his yeah, name, though. I forget his name, too, but I think he's top 10 prospect in the league or something like that. So, yeah. All right, well, <laughs> since we're here with you, uh, Branton, I guess I guess we'll start with you. What did you think about this uh, West Coast trip? Obviously, it's not over. We are recording on Friday, but we're recording before the Angels-Marlins game. Uh, at the moment, we are 25 and 26, one game under 500. I mean, I think towards the end of May, we would have taken that if we could. Uh, but we definitely thought we'd be in better shape right now with that West Coast trip. Uh, wh- how, how did you? What did you think of the West Coast trip and just in general? Um, you know, I think it was. You know, it's it's too early in the season to say that it was like a, a pivotal moment or whatnot. But it, it is one of those trips that. I think we're going to look back on at the end of the season if we don't make the playoffs and we're going to say, you know what, the games we dropped against the Giants and the Rockies, that's those are the three games that could have made the difference. Um, Every game that we played in this road trip and we lost was winnable. I think we should have 
Uh, we should have done better. And so I, I'm disappointed in the road trip. I think, um, you know, we all had us coming back, maybe losing one or two games and coming out over 500 and, and not having to talk about the yo-yo anymore. But uh, obviously they didn't do that. So it, it's just disappointing. I mean, you know, we do have some some things to look forward to and we'll talk about, you know, the trade of the week and, and seeing – you know, unfortunately, it comes at the expense of Peyton Burdick, and he had to go back down to AAA. But, you know, so far, you know, our boys got more hits than Burdick did the whole season already. So maybe you know some what? good will come out of this road trip. Uh, Caddy, how did you feel about the whole Peyton Burdick being, uh, uh, you know, kind of taken off the, the main roster since – we, I mean, I, I guess we can get into the trade right now. I was going to wait till later, but I guess we can get into it now. Like, is that who you expected to get called down? Like, once we got Jonathan Davis? Because I, I was watching some of the highlights, right? Because I didn't watch the games live because it was so late. But I watched some of the blunders that, that Burdick had in the outfield. Hampson had some out in the outfield. And I was like, <laughs> man, you know what? I thought we were hurting more in center field than I really realized with when Jazz went out. What did you think, Ali? Um, yeah, unfortunately, like baseball's a game of numbers and, and, you know, if you're, you're bringing in an outfielder, typically an outfielder has to go down unless you have an excess of something else, which is something we absolutely do not have. Um, and, and it's easy to see, uh, you know, Burdick did have some flashes in the time he was up, but you know, it was, I think there was a whole lot more bad than good. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, I, I do think there's some potential with, with Burdick, but he wasn't producing and, and. You know, now David Davis's numbers aren't exact. You know, aren't exactly stellar for his career. You know, um, you know, being he's in his thirties, he hasn't had a, a ton of at bats. You know, hitting he was hitting like a he's like a career like buck sixty hitter or something like that. Um, but came in first game, first game, and and hits a bomb. You know, and uh, he's he's played pretty decent with us. You know, so it, it's it's in, it's encouraging. I guess I I I mean I don't know what the plan is with with Davis for the whole season. I mean, I, we traded for him. We gave up some – we gave up a pretty decent prospect for him and Brady Allen. Um, so the club has to see something in him or, or think he's he's at least a deaf piece that we're going to desperately need. Um, I think it speaks more to maybe how long Jazz and, uh, and Sanchez and Avi are going to be out, or, or at least Jazz, uh, considering the position. So – you know, well, he's maybe. definitely a stopgap, and we needed it in center field. Like, Hampson had a dropped ball that went right into his glove, and he just dropped it. And I, yeah. I believe it was the Yuri Perez game where if that doesn't happen, I think Yuri gets out of that inning, and he ended up giving up the lead in, in that inning because of that play. And I don't think Yuri made it past that inning at that point. So we definitely needed the defensive help. And I pulled up the numbers. So Davis has played three games with us. Obviously, I expect him to come down to the mean, right? The, the law of averages usually happen. But so far in three games, he's batting 857, six hits and seven at-bats, three runs, one triple, one home run, one RBI, two walks. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, an OPS of 2.460. Yeah, he's not going to keep that up. It's been three games, but it was definitely a nice start. Makes us feel a little better since we're, you know, hoping that he gives us some defense. But if he keeps with the bat a little bit, we'll happy and, and take it until Jazz comes back. What's going on, Spaz? 
Just put some respect on his name, man. Come on, man. He's, <laughs> he's coming in. He's fighting for his life out there. Cali's throwing dirt on him. Oh, he's 30 years old. Uh, bro, let, let him fucking play. He's doing it. Well, I will say, I mean, we've had we're, we're two for two for trading for guys from the AL Central. So maybe that's our, that's our pipeline there. We figured it out. We cracked the code. Yeah. So. Yeah, Look, I mean, he's well, got more hits than Burdick and Wendell already. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. Well, look, uh, just to Cali's point, the Mendoza line is 220. He's batting under the Mendoza line. He's batting exactly at 200, and that's taken to for his career. So his career, 200 hitter, 306 on base percentage. So um, I get, I get why everybody was kind of wondering what was going on there. But like you said. We got something going there with AL Central. Um, so, Spaz, I turn it to you. We lost. Uh, let me just double check so I, I don't misspeak. We lost three one-run games over the last week. Now, this was our bread and butter. What the hell's going on? I was actually going to bring that up because I was I was kind of going over the games uh, earlier on today and earlier in the week. And... Uh, it really makes me sad because uh, apart from just, you know, we've been winning games, but that whole little uh, run that we had with one run games and now fine, we're like, okay, we're this and one. And now it's like, we're this and four or something like <laughs> five, like that little yeah. title that we had, that little championship belt that we had is gone because we've lost so fucking many. So, I mean, it, it's, it sucks, man. And like a lot of those were just mistakes. Like you said, there's guys making mistakes and, on defense and it's costing us runs so super super bummed about the whole situation really yeah but but Danny, like you said like the law of averages eventually plays out you know for sure and, and we we're talking about like run differential you know a little while ago and um eventually it was going to come back to bite us and i think we kind of you know saw that now this that would like these last two series well because i remember we were talking about earlier this year in one of the episodes that we did about how last year that was the Achilles heel, right? We, we'd lose those close games, and this year we're winning, and we're like, okay, so that's the difference. We're, we're winning them now. And look, I still think that we're doing pretty well. I mean, we didn't lose all of them, right? We, we won, uh, was it what game? We won a game recently that was a, a one run uh, game. We beat the Giants 1 0. So we're not losing them all, but you know, it definitely sucks to see us all of a sudden dropping those because we couldn't expect to keep winning them all, but it was nice to see. It was definitely nice. It made us feel a little better about the situation. As a Marlins fan, you just look for some fucking positivity, and that was like some positivity and being a fan. Like we're winning these fucking games, and now that's just not a thing. I mean, like it was definitely it was definitely a Jekyll and Hyde type of uh, type of road trip thus far. Because I mean, I I don't think we looked very good against the Giants at all. But the Rockies, it's like you know, it, it felt like we just handed them a few of those. And then we beat their ass one game, the 10-2 t- the game. But, yep. you know. Yeah, like last night we should have closed that out. That was – Yep. Oh, dude. That was so frustrating. Baseball were, like, tweeting about this. They're like, Garrett Cooper. And I'm like, you tweeting Garrett Cooper? What the fuck is going on? Like, well, I know. And a lot of people were like, oh, Cooper's up. We're going to lose the game. And I was like, as soon as he hit that bomb, I was ready to respond. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was, it was awesome. But, yeah, no. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Well – what do you guys think about the bullpen? Like Brazabon? They're tired. Well, that's what I was going to get at. I feel like they're tired. I feel like they played, they were 
dominating that first month. The month of April, statistically, the Marlins had by far the best bullpen in the league. But we went to the pen so much that those arms just got tired, and it, it and it's starting to show. And without Puck there, it, it's it's rough, man. It's getting really rough. Yeah, yeah so, we, we we miss Puck a lot right now. Yeah, Floro is not a closer. No, you know, he's blown a couple of save opportunities for us already. You know, most most notably was Yuri's debut. That's the one that sticks in my mind because I was there when he gave up three runs. <laughs> but you know, I, I think we're we're already starting to see see the problem that we're going to face probably the rest of the season is our bullpen is going to be going to be tired. Um, you know, we're asking, we're stretching all our relievers. We're asking middle relievers to play the role of long relievers because our, our starters aren't going, going deep. Well, case so in that's point, something we got to figure out. Case in point is puck getting dead arm by the beginning of May. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really early to be that burnt out. Well, and we, and we've talked and to, like, we, we've talked about how, how quick we've been going to the pen comparatively with the rest of the league, yeah. you know, eventually those innings add up. You know, and uh, we're, we're kind of seeing the fruits of that right now, unfortunately. So, and, I mean, it, like how many it, de- it does demand a little more from our starters, but yeah, and I mean, how many like non save opportunities have we brought Puck into already, like this year? And he's supposed to be our closer. And you know, yeah, I love that Skip trusts his guys, and if they say they want to go in and, and stop it and make a difference, that's great. But like, we've seen Puck go two innings a couple times already this year, yeah. like we're working these guys too hard and, and the starters have to start pulling their weight because, you know, Sandy's the only one who seems to go past the fifth inning. And if that continues, there's no way we make the playoffs because we're going to run through our pen. And then we, we don't have depth in the pin in the minor league system to pull up. So, you know, are we going to trade away assets to reinforce the bullpen? No, because we're just going to burn the new guys out. And the and the weird thing is is that the series looked the or the Giants and the Rockies series looked the way they did because of our pitching, because last night we scored six runs, the night before we scored ten, the night before we scored five uh, four, and then we scored three the first game of the Rockies series. Okay, so we're hitting, we're putting up enough runs to win games. You know the Giants we hit we the the Sunday game we scored five the the Friday game we scored three. And then the, the 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 Saturday game was the one game that we only we only needed one and it was enough. But we're scoring runs, which is well, weird. We're scoring runs, we're just not sustaining. We're not. I think that that's know. the most demoralizing thing about the last week is the fact that we were putting up runs. And you figure with our well with our pitching staff, that should be enough because we should be able. I wanted to rely on our pitching staff, and if we can't count on them, this team is going nowhere because that's our bread and butter. And just real quick, I was looking to see. Um, which reliever in the National League has the most innings pitched? It's not Brazoban. I thought it might be him, but he's in fifth with 26 and two-thirds innings pitched. So as far That's as relievers lot. goes, he's he's pitched the fifth most out of any reliever in the National League. So definitely a lot. I, I mean, I'm not going to go into all of it. I'm sure that you have Marlins pitchers scattered all throughout there. Um, but, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's rough because our starters just haven't been able to – to stay out there. And I, I, that's kind of what I wanted to get into now. I wanted to get into Skip. So I felt like Skip has been pulling some of the starters early. Uh, uh, his name's Braxton. Uh, namely, I think he gets pulled kind of early. 
But Sandy, he kind of just lets ride. Now, I get it. He's the ace, or supposed to be the ace. Um, but, man, like, for example, that, that Giants game, that sixth inning, he should have had somebody warming up at some point once he started hitting those high 80s or the low 80s, and he started seeing that he was walking or getting hit. And, I mean, I understand that a lot of it was his doing on that error when he tried to throw to first base, and he ended up letting the runners go to second and third, and, you know, it th- everything went downhill from after that error. But how are you guys feeling? And I, I'll start with you, Brent. How are you feeling about the way Skip is handling this starting rotation as far as, you know, leaving players in or pulling them early? So, you know, I, I'm going to leave Sandy out of this conversation because um, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we've got we have a segment coming up where we're going to talk about Sandy and what's going on with him. And, and I have theories on that. But I think the problem is, is the other pitchers in the rotation haven't given Skip a reason to trust them. Um, you know, we've seen Cabrera just fall apart in innings and, and it, he can go the last homestand comes to mind where he went like those three really strong innings. And we were all like, Oh my God, he's, he's back. He's ready. And then in the fourth inning with no warning, he just falls apart. And, you know, the only person outside of Sandy that I think has done really well at holding things together this year and as one game aside is Braxton. I think Braxton should have a longer leash. I think you're right when you say that Skip pulls him early. But the other guys, I don't think have earned earned Skip's full trust. Like Because they've all had innings where they just completely go to shit and then we lose the game. So I think Skip is trying to read them and still trying to figure them out as people. So he knows, hey, this is the warning sign when I need to pull this guy. This is when I should pull him. And and. It's uh, it's coming at the expense of our bullpen is what's happening. So hopefully these guys can start earning their way. We have some after the Angel series, we have very winnable games coming up where these guys can kind of show that they they can pitch and can actually start like, you know, earning some trust back with Skip. But that, you know, that's just my opinion looking at it from the outside in. What about you, Hallie? I think Brand absolutely nails it. I think he's 100 percent correct. Um you know, it, it, Skip's going to make mistakes. All right? He's going to be imperfect. This is his first year managing. Uh, and not just his first year managing, managing with new rules, especially in terms of mound visits, stuff like that. Um, so he, he does, he is going to experience a bit of a learning curve. And, and that's okay. You know, and we also have the the benefit of, of hindsight. Right, of so course. You, we see how things play out after the fact, and we're able to, to come in and criticize or, or, or compliment how how a situation went. Um, right, because if he gets out of that that sixth inning, we're like, "Good job on trusting Sandy." So yeah, of course. It, it, you know, it's it's uh, you know, as the old adage goes, when 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 they win, Monday it's on the players. Yeah, Monday morning quarterback, but also when you when you win, it's on the players. When you lose, it's on the coach, right? Um, but uh, you know. I think, yeah, just without getting into it much more than I need to, uh, you know, Bren, I think he nailed it. I think it's a trust thing. Like, he knows he can rely on Sandy to go in there and and write it out a little bit. Yeah, I think he knows he can rely on on Garrett to to go in. And, you know, sometimes as a coach, you outsmart yourself, man. Like, straight up, like, I've been there. Yeah. You know, not not at the level of Skip Schumacher, obviously, because I just coach high school school fucking baseball. But, you know, there's times that you think in your gut, like, hey, like, you know, I'm you know, I think we need to do this, and it turns out to be the wrong thing. Whether it's changing a pitcher, calling a bunt, calling a steal, whatever it is, 
it's a game of risk. It's a game of averages. And, you know, you try and play to it the best you can. And, you know, I think, uh, I think the last game pulling Garrett a little too early was kind of the, the highlight of, I think that highlights that point. So, you know, I, I think as, as he gets more experience, I think I love skip. I think, I think he's the guy right now. I have no complaints about him. Um, you know, he, he's, but he's, he's going to run into hangups. He's going to run into bumps. And especially that we don't have, we, we, we love the team, but we don't have a super talented roster. We just don't, you know? So yeah. it, there's going to be times that his players just can't, can't pull it out for him, you know? And that's, that's the nature of the beast with baseball, unfortunately. Yeah. Cause Braxton in that, in that one zero win, he pitched six and one third innings. He allowed one hit, one walk, eight strikeouts, and he got pulled. And then we got uh, Tanner Scott came in, gave up two hits. I mean, it's rolled, he rolled the dice. And, I mean, I guess I mean, I would like at least for him to finish those seven innings. But um, is it safe to say that right now, out of our rotation, Braxton Garrett is probably like our go-to, like we feel best when he's on the mound? I think he's, he's been far and away or most consistent. Yeah. I don't think it's a question. Like I don't I, I, like I would love for someone to like challenge that idea because I just I don't see how you could reasonably look at the team to think any pitcher in the rotation or in the bullpen has been more consistent than the Branks of Garrett. What do you think, Spaz? I think that when we come back from this uh horrible, grueling, awful uh road trip. West Coast trip, uh huh. Yeah. Um we're going to have a Braxton night and we're going to have Braxton t-shirts for sale because he's going to be the new guy. We're going to have Braxton's beach replace Sandy's beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, dude, I, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, he's been doing so well and um, it sucks, dude, because at first we were all, you know, everyone loves a good Sandy day. Everyone loves Sandy's beach. And then, you know, everyone likes Suzardo, the lizard King and all that. And we just can't, they're just not doing it right now. And it, it really, it really makes everyone sad. <laughs> Um, yeah, but we got to well, roll. I mean, Sandy played well his last time out. He, yeah. he only allowed four hits, um, six innings. Now, I feel like we feel confident with Braxton. With Sandy, even as bad as he could play, for some reason, we're still just, we just believe in him because we just we don't, we don't believe that he's not going to be that guy. Eventually, he's going to come back. So I think we're good with two. And then I think we're happy with Yuri Perez and what he showed as a 20 year old. The question is, yeah. <clears throat> unfortunately, Cabrera is inconsistent, and Lazardo just hasn't looked like himself. Yeah. yeah. Brian, what do you think about Lazardo? So I think Lazardo, Lazardo will come back. He's been around the league long enough. Like we know what kind of pitcher we're getting with him, and I think he'll come back. I think part of us being down, and part of me being down on him, and and I went back and looked at it. And I'm like. You know, I was ready to throw him off to the minor leagues after his last start. But then when you look back at the rest of the season, like, it's really not that bad. You know, he's leading the ERA of the team. He's got 3.83 ERA. He's 63 strikeouts, second right behind Sandy. Like, if you look at his stats, he's pretty close to Sandy outside of innings pitched. So he's not having a terrible statistical year. Um, It just seems like... When he's having a great day pitching, our bats are silent. And when our bats are hitting, he has an off day. And well, so, and, uh, sorry to cut you off. I just didn't want to forget yeah. to, to throw this one random stat in here. <laughs> Did you know that yeah, Cali's boy, Solar Power? Solar Power, but yeah. Power lighting. He has hit 
nine home runs this year when Lazardo's pitching? Really? That's what you got. Isn't it just odd that he has hit how many home runs has he had wow. all year? He has 15 home runs all year. Nine of them have come in Lazardo starts. So Lazardo's getting <laughs> at, at least getting a solar of power kind of contribution during those starts. Like so uh yeah, sorry to cut you off, Brian. I just didn't want to forget because I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I no. Well, and and solar's on deck right now, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully it's a home run and Birdie can get on base. No, he flew <clears> out. <throat> but um, you know, talking about the rest of the rotation, I mean, you know, we're happy with Yuri. We're happy with we're we're okay with Sandy. We know he's gonna come back. Garrett, well, we're I, happy I, with and Cabrera is really the the question mark. You know, when he's you bring on in Trevor Rogers. I think when when Rogers comes back, I think um, Sandy's got a real difficult decision because Cabrera has shown flashes. He he's shown some where he can put together a couple good innings. I don't know. Maybe has had one great start from start to finish um, because most of them he's kind of fallen apart at some point. So I think Rogers probably gets a look back in the rotation because you know he's another guy yeah the sticky stuff has gone away and he's changed a little bit but i I think you you kind of have to go with him and maybe put cabrera in the pen and and give somebody down there send somebody down to triple a not so much because they deserve it but so much that they can get some rest and, and save some arms for the rest of the year i was uh somebody there was somewhere going around the the payroll for starting rotations. We are ranked 28th in payroll for starting rotations. $10 million is what our starting rotation makes a year. Because we're um, broke boys. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not even sure how that makes sense because I can't imagine that Sandy's – I don't know what Sandy's contract is, but that alone surprised me. But uh, And the Mets are first with $116 million. <laughs> Which boys? Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I'm not sure how the athletics are, are putting out five starters for 2.6 million, but just looking at that $10 million for our starting rotation, we should have some money to get some bats at the deadline if possible. No, no, no. Bro, I, I, I Bruce Sherman has come out and said, I'm not spending money. Like he, he's not going to spend, he's not, he's not going to spend on players. All right. I was actually talking about this with my with my friend. Shout out Thurm. He's in town from New York City. Huge Marlins fan. Um, the the easiest sport to be an owner in is baseball. It's baseball. Because the shared revenue. Yeah, he 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 doesn't have to spend the dime. You know exactly from day one. You know exactly what it has to cost. You can go to your GM and all the money guys and say, "This is where we're at. Spend less than that." And you know exactly what's coming in for TV revenue. You have an idea. You have 82 home games or 81 home games to sell merch. You have all you have 81 games to sell advertising. And then you have the most insane revenue sharing. So Bruce Sherman has no incentive to put out a competitor. You know, and I love Solar. He, he he's my dude on the team, but we signed him instead of Nick Castellanos, you know, who played in a World Series last year and who's a damn a top 10, top 15 outfielder in the league right now. You know, um, and a guy who wanted to come here because he's from here. Um, you know, so I just, I, I just don't think they're they're gonna spend because that's just not, that's not Sherman has. At least he's done what Loria would, and that he has at least come out and said, "I'm not spending this fucking money, so fucking deal with it." Well, which whatever, 
But real quick, before I just want to finish a point, it's a couple things because I have the the game off to the side. One, the Astros City Connect jerseys are fucking sick. They are fucking awesome. All right. Um, two, uh, Zach Nito playing short for the Angels tonight. Local boy, Coral Park Senior High School, first round pick out of Campbell University. Um, you know, he's in his rookie year now with the Angels. And three, shout out to Jesus Lazardo's alma mater, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, becoming the first team in the state of Florida ever to go undefeated and win a state championship. Well, that's nice. pretty cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. You wanted to jump in with your Loria jersey? Well, no, I did <laughs> want to jump in. Because I, I know that Kelly said, like, oh, he's come out and say I'm not spending money. But during spring training, I mean, there's a clip that goes around every at the beginning of every season where he's like, we got the money we'll spend. So, like, he does throw it out there that he wants to spend and put out this fucking competitor. And I have an, I have an inside joke with, like, my buddies. And we're just like, we're broke boys, bro. We're never going to spend what we need to spend to be a competitor. We're going to try to do something else and catch lightning in a bottle and try to figure it out. And that's – but to Caddy's point, I mean, it's super easy to be an owner in baseball and just say words and then let the fucking season play out. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of to piggyback off of that, though, like, you know, yeah, I get Bruce Sherman's not going to spend money, but, you know, Danny put out the the stats on on our rotation being the cheapest and the Mets being the highest, but which rotation would you take, ours or theirs? So I don't think it's about spending a ton of money. I think it's about spending money the right way. And maybe at the deadline, if there's – a guy whose contract is expiring at the end of the season and we can get him dirt cheap for, you know, a prospect who's never going to play for the Marlins, then I I can see us pulling the trigger on something like that. And, you know, it it, getting a rental guy, I I don't see us going out and saying, Oh yeah, we're going to send our whole farm system out and and get, you know, um, top of the league shortstop or something, but I do think that there's there's some money to spend, and I, I'd be surprised if Kim in a contract year doesn't try and make some noise at the deadline. Well, I think that's my point more than anything. My point is not so much that I expect them to come out and kind of just load us up with just great bats at the deadline. That's not what I mean. What I mean is if you see that you have a competitive team, would you at any point consider just spending a little extra, right? Not necessarily breaking the bank, but you could just spend a little extra to maybe get you over the hump. Because, I mean, there's money in playoff games. There's money in World Series games. Like, there's money in all that extra stuff also. Extra merchandise that you sell if your team goes further. Like, look, you go to a heat store now, and they're selling out everything. Panthers. Have you ever seen any Panthers wear anywhere? I mean, I own the Florida Panthers jersey. I had never seen outside of my Panthers jersey a Panthers jersey anywhere. And now I see them everywhere because they're doing well. Everybody's jumping on. So I think it's beneficial to them to go ahead and try to get a competitor if you see that you're close. So if we're only spending $10 million on the starting rotation and we, we could just get one or two bats, I think we should just go ahead and do it. And I can't imagine that he wouldn't be okay with just spending just a little extra. I'm not telling him to break the bank, but you know, just a little extra wouldn't hurt. But again, that I'm not a lifelong Barney fan like you guys, so maybe you guys know much better than I. But that's that's us as fans. That's us as fans. Like, yeah. If if we could, of course, I'd fucking. Uh, I think Caddy mentioned earlier on, like when when Jose was here, we're like, we need two more arms, and we're there because we got Stanton fucking hitting bombs to fucking Cayocho. Like you know, like 
and and now it's we need we need a couple more bats and now we need a fucking closer so like us as fans if i could yeah but he's just a rich dude that's like nah yeah like you don't think i fire on mlb the show and trade trade avi and and (laughs) for a shortstop you're crazy (laughs) turn off off negotiations and you trade avi for for ronald acuna and you know you know, I, I get what you guys are saying. Um, it's it's just, we as uh, as Marlins fans, we have a lot of trauma with this, yeah. right? It's, we, it's, it's a sore subject, Danny. Yeah, like I, a I've realist. Seen, I've seen us be like so, like a perfect example, like Sadie just said, like the 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 Jose Stanton Yelich years. Like there was a period there that we had the best outfield in baseball. It was not yep. a question. We had Stanton hit, winning the the batting title, league MVP. You had Yelich. You know, putting up stupid numbers. Ozuna hitting the ball over the fucking place. You know, and then Ho- but we were talking about Jose. It's like we had Jose, but then our number two option was like fucking Dan Straley or Dave Phelps or some shit. Like, you know, we 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 we've always been a couple pieces away, but because we don't spend to get those extra pieces. If you look at every team in the in the majors, all right, yep. from top to bottom, yep. All right, you eliminate the elite team. So eliminate the the, the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. The, the Yankees, you know, the, the, Yankees the Mets, the 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 rate like those teams are, are good yeah. basically top to bottom. Yeah. But you look at any other team, and you can make the argument, yeah, we're two bats away, we're two arms away from being competitive because everyone could spend on everyone spends on four or five guys, it's spending on four or five more that are gonna get you over the hump. I think it was Tommy Lasorda that says that no matter how good you are, you're gonna win a third of your games. And no matter yeah. how or no matter how good you are, you're going to lose a third of your games. No matter how bad you are, you're going to win a third of your games. So what should you do with that extra third? And that's where you get it. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. It's uh, you're going to win 60, you're going to lose 60 is what you do with those final 62. That's going to make the difference. So I, I get that. I think my point is more, and, and you let me know if you think I'm completely off base, but I think it's harder to find a solid rotation than it is to find one or two solid bats. I think that it's easier to find a bat or two that can contribute for a low price than it is to find quality pitching in the major leagues at a low price. And we've managed to build a decent rotation with $10 million. So maybe we could find a bat here or there that isn't that expensive that could help because you're not looking for an Aaron Judge. You're looking for somebody that could just contribute just a little bit. If you give me another Jesus Sanchez, the way he was playing right before he got injured, I'll take that. So that, that I guess that's more or less what I mean as far as paying just a little bit more doing something at the trade deadline you know i've always said like when it comes to like july trades and especially when it comes to like a bat like you know what i need and it doesn't have to be him specifically but you know who i need i need like a fucking ben- Bro, yeah a bit and not even and not even to memories give me like a ben zobrist a guy that you know he's gonna he's gonna put the bear on the ball you and know be, he could play everywhere you can put and you can fucking plug him in fucking anywhere like, the, like, you don't need to give me a 40 home run guy. You don't need to give me a guy that's going to s- steal 50 bags. You know, give me a guy who can show up every day and it's not a fucking liability. You mean John Birdie? Bro, I've, I we said it. Give, give, give me fucking 10 of those guys. <laughs> give me 10 fucking John Birdies, bro. Give me 10 well, John Birdies and then leave, leave our outfield. Like, and, and arise. But, like, but you can get players like that. That's, that's what I mean. Like, for example, DJ LeMahieu. When the Yankees picked up DJ LeMahieu, Yankee fans are like, okay, batting title, looks like he's good. Kind of like a Luis Ar- Arise. But nobody expected him to have the first season that he had with the Yankees. And that's the kind of player that you want. You just want somebody that can contribute and isn't big money 
And and if you could find that in July, that could be the difference, especially when we finally get healthy, get Jazz back, Sanchez back, and all that other stuff. But yeah, but I understand. So DJ LeMahieu is quietly like almost a 300 hitter for his career. Yeah, <laughs> like that. that but that, but that, but that's a great example. Like DJ mm-hmm. LeMahieu is a guy that like you know. So DJ LeMahieu in two different years has hit 348 and 364. He has in 13 years he's had one, two, three. He's had five years hitting well over 300. Wait, one, yeah, two, no. three, four, five. Yeah, five years hitting well over 300. He had a year hitting 297, 280, 268, like 276. Like the dude quietly hits, but he's a guy that's not expensive. He's not sexy, but he's going to show up and he's going to get the job done. Like that's what and you that, need. Yeah, let's go after some Colorado players. This kid, this kid from, from Colorado. Uh, oh, my God. What's his name? Is Par Parfait? Parfait? I forgot his name. But I remember it. As far as an outfielder goes, I was dying for the Yankees to go after him this past offseason, and they didn't, and he's still on the Rockies. And I still think the Rockies might be selling in, uh, when it comes to the All-Star break. Oh, yeah. I think the Rockies will be selling. I think the White Sox are about to go through a rebuild. Um, Tim Anderson is somebody I think we should keep an eye on. Are you talking Jackson, about, are you, are you, are you talking about Jerickson Profar? Yes. And, and he was playing well against the Marlins just this past week. When I saw him on there, I was like, oh, my God, he never got traded. He ended up staying on the Rockies. So he's still there. He might be available. I mean, our outfield, if Jazz comes back, is okay. But, you know. Brian and Brian we need a shortstop like, hey. and we need a catcher. We have Jazz for shortstop. No, Jazz is a center fielder, man. He's not going anywhere. Hey, listen. I, w- I would absolutely love Tim Anderson. I will say that. I would. I That's – listen – in, in it, I think it's a realistic because he's only making. I mean, he's making a decent amount. He's making like thirteen million dollars this year with an option for next year for fourteen. But the White Sox are tearing it down. The White Sox are going to be selling at the deadline. Yeah. I'm sure of it. They're going to go mm-hmm. through a rebuild. He's thirty. There's not going to be most of the major contenders have shortstops already. Like I, I think it's a realistic target for the Marlins if if we're in contention. We haven't burned out all our bullpen. I, I think it's it's probably somebody we make a call to and say, "Hey, what what do you what's it going to take to make this happen?" But to piggyback on what you said, it's like we've been kind of touching on uh, for the whole season. It's like we're going to make that move if we're in contention. If we're still dancing around five hundred, you know, two over, three over, one under, whatever, then we'll make that move. If we start yeah. losing a ton of games, nah, we're selling fucking everybody. And, then- and, and we're going to get into that in, in a second because the, the next two series are, are definitely not what you want by now entering those series one game under 500. But we ha- there is a light at the end of the tunnel after those two series, and we'll get into that. But before I do, I did want to finish up on the Sandy talk. Brenton, uh, we were talking about Sandy earlier, and you said that you felt like you kind of have a feeling as to yeah. what's going on. So I kind of wanted to, you to touch base on what it is that you think might be going on with Sandy. So... If you look at Sandy and like you look at his advanced stats, what you what you're gonna see is that he is very closely like if you throw out ERA, um, he's very closely mirroring like what he's done for his career. So, what I think is happening and and there's been a couple articles that have come out that have kind of backed this up and kind of got me thinking on this is Sandy is really he's a ground ball pitcher. If he doesn't strike you out. 
you're hitting it on the ground. Like he's not getting a lot of flyouts and things like that. And so what we're seeing is the elimination of the shift is killing Sandy. Because if you watch his games and you watch like when he falls apart in the eighth innings, it's not because he's giving up like fly fly balls that are that are hitting the gaps. It's because balls are sneaking through the infield Mm. where in previous years, the second baseman, the shortstop is right there in between third and second or first and second to get those balls. And so what's happening is, is that Sandy gets later in the game and he's he's his strikeout rate is going down. You're starting to see more ground balls go through the, the infield. And so we already know, like we don't have the best defensive midfield or center or infield. You know, Wendell is okay. Arise is okay. Um, spent all of last year at first base. Coop isn't great at first base. You know, um, Segura's Segura. all right. But the problem is, is when he starts losing that little bit of edge on his fastball because he's getting tired, there's no shift to back him up. He's not giving up home runs. So what he's trying to do and what what I saw in this last start and I think Skip and, and Mallet, I think they're all working on this, Mel and everybody. I'm pretty sure what he's trying to do is trying to figure out how to pitch when he's tired because he can't rely on his defense anymore because there's no shift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and I had never taken that into consideration. That, that, that's a great Watch his next start. Yeah. And when you see him get into trouble, it's because there's balls hit in the gap. And it's if you watch, too, it's like guys that normally pull the ball that we would have done a shift on, you know, he, there's nobody there to do that shift. And last year, to give you guys a stat here, Sandy was the second-ranked uh, – what is it? I think he was second in the league in outs from a shift. So that's huge. And to not have that anymore is why we're seeing, like, we're all saying, what's wrong with Sandy? What's wrong with Sandy? But really what it is is he's trying to figure out how to pitch when he's tired because he can't rely on the shift anymore because he's not striking out two guys in inning or at least one guy in inning and things like that. So I think – He's got time to figure it out, and I think we've been happy with the stuff that we've seen coming off of his arm, but I, I think it's going to take him some time to figure that out because statistically, like, you look at strikeouts, you look at hits, you look at home runs, things like that. He's right where he has been for his career. He's a little bit over where he was last year, but, you know, when you're giving up hits through the gap and things like that, that – you're going to get frustrated. You're going to give up a little bit more. So I think that's what we're seeing with Sandy. Right. That is a, no. That, I thought that that's a, that's a great by job by you. I had never considered that. That's um, that's something yeah. definitely I'm going to look out for. And everybody listening should probably look out for. That's the only reason I keep you guys around. <laughs> I can't was, take all good, credit man. because I read an article on the Athletic that made me start doing a deep dive. They just mentioned some of those stats from the shift, and then when I watched a couple of his games back. I notice, especially when he falls apart, like late in a game in the eighth inning or whatnot, which he's done twice. That's what seems to be happening. It's all ground balls. It's not like he's. It's not like Yuri, where you know they're sitting on that fastball and boom, home run. It's, right, right, right. It's because That's he's relying on that change up and that cutter and that slider late in the game, which he used to be able to do, which he really can't anymore. That is interesting. I, I didn't consider that. So All before, right. sorry, Danny, I, I just wanted right. to uh, 
jump in before we jump into the next series. Uh, just something fun that happened during the Colorado series. Uh, Go for with it. Jessica Blaylock. And I'm not sure if you guys saw this. It was all over Twitter. But uh, Jessica Blaylock uh, went up to the booth and uh, gave everyone some Rocky Mountain oysters. And uh, just shout out to, like, Jessica Blaylock and the whole crew there and uh, Kelly Sacco, Rod Allen. Uh, they do a great freaking job of keeping us entertained when this shit's not going well. Uh, but, Danny, have you ever had Rocky Mountain oysters? I've never had an oyster, period. Fucking Christ, my God. Oh, oh my God, Danny. Come on. Ooh. I got I to get you Look, out to Garcia no, the, the texture alone makes me never want to try it, though. Like, how could you guys eat that? Oh, I, I, so good. I love a good fucking oh. oyster, let me tell oh, you. You guys are disgusting. Yeah. I'm, actually, I'm actually looking forward to my D.C. trip in a couple weeks because there's a spot there that has some of the best little fucking oysters I've ever had. You guys ever been to, to Rocky's Park? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have. Yeah, Yeah, Course Field. My my cousin is is out there. He flew out there today because he's a Mets fan. He's gonna go watch the Mets, and he took a picture from his hotel. And his hotel is literally right in front of the ballpark. And when he goes downstairs, it's like just like a pub yep. bar area yep. right before you walk into the stadium. For those of you guys listening or watching on YouTube. Go ahead and either Google the images, and you're going to want to go on a road trip to watch a game over there because that looks like it's supposed to be a really cool game day experience. So my cousin lives in Denver, so I go about once a year. Oh, okay. that entire – she's a pastry chef at one of those restaurants in downtown. So it's something that I would love for us. Like there is easily four to five breweries <laughs> like within walking distance. There's seven to ten bars. There's – like pizza places there's nice restaurants there's everything within walking distance of that place and like you said your your cousin is staying yeah. at a hotel yeah. literally it's just everything around that park and um it's it's a beautiful little area man it's really 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 nice are there around the stadium are there alternative forms of there is it's colorado there on, is man. literally a dispensary yes. called mile high dispensary so yes the, that's, that's my spot right there baby it's literally down the street. <laughs> that's where you'll find me <laughs> what i'm oh, hearing is it. battered hair or battered uh marlins fans road trip yeah, yeah. I mean, we gotta do it but what i was I gonna mention was not, not road trip i mean i i ain't driving, yeah, I driving that shit i'm flying baby yeah, 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 sure. i'm flying when we get i'm flying over there i'm flying when we get there and i'm flying on the way fucking back <laughs> and otherwise cali will be high in the sky uh -huh. the I'll, 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 I'll bring two the, miles high i'll bring the famous oh, snow globe <laughs> if you know you know that's all i can say about this all right so over the last week we had a couple i mean brian de la cruz had a 14 game hit streak got snapped at the, uh, during the giant series um just scored but, and, and i love to hear that uh, i'm gonna watch that game as soon as we're done here uh but over the last week we had some batters that did stay hot uh george solar Again, you batted 444 over the last two series, four home runs, eight RBIs, 12 hits, uh, OPS 1.409. We had uh, Yuli Gurriel, 625 average. He only played four games, though, 10 hits, three, th two triples over the last week. Yeah, there you go. And uh, surprisingly, uh, Arise, 222 over the last two series. He had a, a, a definitely off four for 18, uh, three RBIs, one walk. Um, so very odd to see him kind of take a dip down. But, you know, it's expected. And then 
Uh, I just want to bring up Jacob Stallings. I'm tired of seeing him. Uh, that game with uh, Sandy, the bases were loaded. I want to say in the eighth inning, there was, I want to say, one out or no outs. And the man hit a dribbler to the third base. And luckily, the third baseman kind of bobbled the ball. He only got one out. We scored on that play. But when the bases are loaded and you got Jacob, Jacob Stalling coming to the bat, you basically know that nothing, nothing good's coming out of there. So uh, I, I'm ready to go full-on Fortes. I don't care how much Sandy likes him. Sandy's got to learn how to work with Fortes. I, I agree. No, we, we got to move on from that. <laughs> Look, if, if they're more or less equal oh, defensively, dude. give me the better bat. Or maybe so, just give Stallings only the Sandy starts. No, no. Sandy. No, no, no. Learn how to work with his ass. Yeah. If you get traded, which everybody's expecting you to get traded, you're eventually you're not taking Stallings with you. You got to learn how to work with somebody else anyway. Get used to it now. Oh, I'll send Stallings with him. <laughs> <laughs> but the other I don't want Stallings. I don't want Yuri to like – Yuri does everything that Sandy does. I don't want Yuri to be like, oh, I like Stallings. Yeah, give me him. No. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, Fortes. <laughs> That's a great point. All right, so we have two series coming up. Our our last trip, our, uh, our last stop on the road trip is uh, the Los Angeles Angels. We got Otani pitching, I want to say tomorrow. And we got Trout, so that should be interesting. We got them on Saturday, Sunday, and – I'm sorry, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They're playing right now. And then we come back home. Monday's off. We come back home. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we welcome in the San Diego Padres, which are, by the way, giving it to the Yankees right now. Or I think they already gave it to the Yankees. Uh, Fernando Tatis went yard today, so he's getting back in his groove. Uh, so let's see. Let's go to Spaz. I always like starting off with you because you're always positive. How are we thinking about this next? these next six, six games? We got three against the Angels on the road and three at home against the Padres. Uh, Branton, what's the score right now against the against the Angels? One nothing. We're, we're one, one nothing. nothing. We just oh, you're left cheating. You're cheating. Loaded. You're cheating. Listen, it's fucking happening. <laughs> Whatever. Um, look, uh, as much as I respect Otani and uh, I think Mike Trout uh, is wasting his career there, I would really like to take two out of those. <laughs> so I'm going to go two one okay. against against the Angels. Two one against the Angels, um, and then against the Padres. Last time they were here in Marlins Park, I don't know what the hell, but there was a lot of fucking Padres fans. Like, oh, in my school, the majority of, of baseball fans are all Padre fans. All, the, all these kids, Tatis. All, Tatis? All these kids are, yeah, because yeah, Tatis. I guess they're looking up to him. All these kids are Padres fans, and also because Machado is one of the biggest stars in baseball, and he's a Miami boy. So, well, mm-hmm. well isn't uh, Andy and Shenandoah? Isn't he like a Padres fan? Yeah, but he's from San Diego. Yeah, and you oh, invited yeah. him to sit with us. Okay, yeah, yes. <laughs> So listen, I guess the Padres, they clearly they fucking travel well. I mean, there was a lot of fucking people at the park last time. Um, man, I'll take one and three. Like, I'm I'm not very I'm not very happy right now. <laughs> so, so I'll take two from the Angels, one from the Padres, and then we'll move on to Jeff Conine weekend, baby. Oh yeah, I gotta get me that jersey. Yeah. Uh so so Spaz has us at three and three coming yeah. into the next episode next week. Callie, yeah. what are you thinking? So that doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good. No, it, it shouldn't. Um, <laughs> so the the Angels they've historically not been great. They're actually having a pretty damn good year right now. Um, 
They are was it twenty? They're twenty eight and twenty three, and in, in the AL West, the third in the AL West, were in a division where Texas and Houston playing very, very, very good baseball right now. Um, I'm we, we have we have we see Showtime tomorrow. Um, I think we can pull it out tonight. Uh, I I think maybe we take one from the Padres to be honest. The the Padres their record doesn't look great, but they weren't very healthy. Um, but everyone's back now. Um, I'm gonna say two and four. Brian, damn. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I agree with uh, with Callie. I think we're gonna go two and was it two and four. Uh, but I think we probably take those two games from the Angels, and I'm expecting us to get swept by the Padres. Oh wow, really? What the hell, Brandon? Yeah. Yeah, I um I don't know. <laughs> I think the the winnable game for the Padres obviously would probably be when Sandy's pitching, which I think is might be Tuesday or Wednesday, but um or no, probably be Wednesday. So, I think that's probably our one chance, but the Padres just They've been looking nasty like the last couple of games when you watch them. So, you know, I've been pretty positive and going in, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to win every series. We're going to sweep them. We're going to sweep them. And then I come in disappointed. So I'm going two and four just so I can come back on Thursday and say, you know what? I love it. We're, we're, we, we, we overperformed, but I think two and four. And then we gear up to what will probably be a, a pretty important next couple of series after this. If we don't win those, we're not going to make the playoffs in my opinion. Well, I mean, well, I, okay. I'll, before I say that, I'll, I'll give you my prediction. So the next three against the angels, we have Lazardo on the mound today. I think we, like we said, we think he'll bounce back. Today's going to be the day. I think we could finish off that win tomorrow. Otani against Cabrera. Cabrera's our most inconsistent pitcher. Otani's on fire. I don't think we take that one. But we have Yuri going on Sunday. I think we could take Yuri, and I'll take two and one against the Angels. But against the Padres, we do have Sandy, one of those starts. The Padres are the second worst hitting team. The only team hitting worse than them are the Oakland A's. Now, I do think that those are overall stats for the whole year. Like we said, they were basically injured for the large part of the, the, the beginning of the year with the Tatis and everybody missing. But – I'm going to just ride with those numbers anyway. And with that alone, I'll say Sandy gets one of those wins. And I'm going to go three and three, kind of like Spaz. And that would put us at 28 and 29 going into the following two series. And I know we're going to talk about them next week. But just so everybody knows, we have the Oakland A's coming to town the following weekend, which we should smack them like everybody else has. They literally have 10 wins all year. And then after that, there's only one other team that's, just slightly better than them, but they're the second by far worst team with only 15 wins, and that's the Kansas City Royals. Both those series are at home. We should smack them too. We should go six and zero that those six games, maybe five and one at worst. But that will take us from under 500 to over 500. So let's not get too down. No matter how this week goes, we still have a good bounce back opportunity following that up right afterwards, and then we get to visit Tim Anderson over there in in uh, Chicago. So. Uh, you know, let's not. It's not all doom and gloom. This week is gonna be rough. Let's hope we can get out of it. Hopefully, three and three, 
And after that, we have a really good chance. By mid-June, we'll know if we're contenders or not. Yeah. 100%. And I do want to point out, only three teams have a worse run differential than us. Yes. Two of those are the Oakland A's and the Kansas City Royals. Royals. Yeah, of course. So That's settled. Six wins. That's settled, baby. Has to be six wins. Hey, oh. Well, we have to win those six games. So let's just try to get two to three this week. This within the next week, get two to three, and we'll, we'll be okay with those six games following up. So we'll see how that goes. Well, as always, thank everybody for listening or watching all the way to the end. Uh, you guys have anything else on the way out, Cali? Um, take up drinking if you haven't yet. If you're gonna watch this team for this series. <laughs> I think we're gonna we're, we're gonna go through it now against the Angels. So, nah, Spazzy, right at Spazzy, right at you. Go ahead, Spaz. Yeah, <laughs> no, man. Uh, I, let's finish it off. Let's come back home and get back to work. I mean, it's 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 gonna West be- Coast West Coast trips always suck, man. They yeah, always suck. And the whole up late with the fish. I'm fucking falling asleep by like ten o'clock, like second inning. Uh, also, to all the listeners, uh, please go try some oysters. And have some oysters, unlike Yuck. Danny over here. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Because earlier you mentioned Rocky Mountain oysters. Do you know what that is? Do you know? Yeah, Danny. Danny, do you know what Rocky Rocky Mountain? Oh, is? you're asking me. No, yeah, I haven't. Cool, yeah. You said oysters, and right away I said no. Yeah. All right. So, do you oh. know? Well, obviously you don't know what they are. So Rocky, Rock, Rock, Rocky Mountain oysters are not seafood. Yes. Um, They're testicles, okay. brother. <laughs> like they're bull testicles, I think, right? Or cow? Yeah, yeah. They're buffalo. Yeah, or yeah, bull, yeah. They're not some bovine creatures. I'm sorry. You, you guys were trying to convince me to try oysters. I wasn't. I was trying to tell you a funny story. Well, about regular Rocky oysters, Mountain. yes. Rocky, Rocky Mountain, no. Not, I mean, if you want to try Rocky Mountain oysters, man, like there's weird shit out there. Like, do you, baby? I've tried it. It's not bad. No, man. It's it's fucking fried. It's well. Yeah. You know what, Brian? If that's what it takes to grow that beard, I'm down. <laughs> The extra testosterone. Yeah, yeah. Cali should be popping them like Tic Tacs. Yes, Cali, you, uh, you need some. Yeah. I was going to make a joke about, you know, what you have to do to make your beard grow, but there are kids that listen to this podcast, so let me know. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> Brenton, anything else on the way out? Uh, no, I'm just thinking you guys might want to revise your predictions for tonight's game, seeing what's happening right now. Oh, um, God damn it. <laughs> but... No, just support the fish, guys. I mean, we, we knew this road trip was going to be rough. Um, we've got some exciting games. Get out to the ballpark. Padres game series. You know, even if we don't come out winners, um, you still get to see some really great baseball. So get out there. I will be out. out there Tuesday for okay. uh, the jazz band. Cali will not. Spazzy oh, right. will be there. I'll pop in. Yeah. Yeah, so come find us. If you also, find us, I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> also, if uh, you're legal, if you're legal age. Two two local products for the Padres. One being the obvious Manny Machado, Machado. Miami Rito High School. Uh, the other one being Nick Martinez, personal friend, grew up playing baseball with him. Um, Belen Jesuit grad, Fordham University for you New Yorkers. You know, signed as a shortstop, converted to a pitcher, and now he's he's chucking it in the bigs. So. There you go. Uh, you know how you were saying that West Coast trips suck? You know what really sucks? Trips to Denver. In the last 13 games the Marlins have played in Denver, they are 2-11. They've won good. 
two times in the last 13. You figure course field, we have good pitching, we can get some bats going. No, we are two and eleven in our last 13 games in course field. Just real quick, I I, I think Ichiro hit his like milestone hit there, right? I'm almost 100 positive. Remember. I don't remember. I'm almost honest. positive. All right, we'll, we'll end it there. <laughs> a lot of pain between then and now. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to think of something positive from the fucking from Coors Field, and I, I think that's one of them. <laughs> well, I don't know about positives from Coors Field, but that Jeff Conine day where they're giving away a Jeff Conine jersey. Make sure you're one of the first 8,000 people out there on Sunday, June 4th. I'm going to try to be this year. I can convince oh. my wife. That's, it, that's, those- a, that's, a, that's the Oakland series, baby. Well, we might yes. be the only ones there. That could be for the sweep. Yeah. There, go. Uh, there we go. What's it called? That's the game that's going to get us back to 300. I mean, to 500. 300, a, po- a positive thing about Coors Field is that George Soler hit a couple fucking moon shots. He did. Yes, yes, yes. Could you imagine yeah. him playing there 81 times a year? My God, bro. The thing is, if I'm the Rockies, like, I'm signing only, like, the George Soler. Like, they have a bunch of guys that can't fucking hit home runs, bro. Like, it makes no yeah. sense. Well, then they got they signed Chris Bryant, who was a fucking who's launching him out of Wrigley, and now he can't hit some home runs to save his fucking life for the for the Rockies. So that's you know. Ah, but him and Rizzo are done. All right, it's been a pleasure, guys. Thank you guys for listening all the way through, and we will catch you uh, probably a day earlier this week. We kind of went on Friday. We usually go on Thursdays, uh, but we appreciate the support, and uh, we'll catch you guys next Thursday. Have a good.